I invite you to take your Bibles, if you will, and turn with me to the New Testament book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 1, beginning of verse 18. Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 18, where Matthew writes, Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. Will you pray with me? God, we are so grateful for your holy word and for the privilege now of studying it together. And God, as I stand before these, your people, I pray that this would be your message and not my own through the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. Part of the joy of getting ready for Christmas is setting up the nativity scenes. As I mentioned last week, I love nativity scenes. We have several of them in our homes. One of the things I love about them is there are so many different styles and types and expressions you see on faces of the various characters. It reminds us of this amazing story of God's salvation. It reminds us of God loving us so much that God would be willing to intervene in our world, intervene in our lives, come as a baby born in a manger, to live among us, teach us of the kingdom, to die that we might be forgiven and rise that we might have life. It's an amazing story. We love to tell the story. We love to hear the children read the story and retell the story. The challenge, I think, though, is how do we Make sure that it's not a story that's dated back in 4 BC, but somehow it becomes our story again, even today. The challenge for us as the church is not to read the scripture as history, but history that we're a part of that now becomes part of our story. One of the things I'm excited about this Christmas Eve is the plan, whether permitting, to have a live nativity here at the church. It, there's something about seeing live characters and seeing the animals that are there as we retell the story. The challenge becomes, how do we make the nativity scene a live nativity in our hearts? How do we have the Christ child, 
not simply to be a figurine in a nativity scene, but the prominent figure in all of our lives. As we look at the nativity scene, the characters that are gathered around as we read the stories from Luke and again from Matthew, each one of these characters have been individually chosen by God. There's a reason they're at the scene. There's something that we can learn from them, something that they can teach us. Last week, for example, we began the series of the season of Advent looking at the characters of looking at Mary. Mary, a precious young lady that God chose to be the mother of God because of her faithfulness, her obedience, and her willingness to be who God called her to be. Joseph is another prominent character. But Joseph tends to get slid to the background, kind of put in the shadows a little bit. One of the reasons is there's not as much scripture about Joseph as there is Mary. But Joseph plays such a vital part in the life of Jesus. And again, of all the men that God could have called and chosen to be the guardian and father of his son, our Lord Jesus Christ, God chose Joseph. What is it about Joseph? I love the character of Joseph, the person of Joseph, because he was a carpenter. He was one who worked very hard to make a living. He was one who worked very hard to get established. He earned his living with his hands. It was always important to me as a child hearing that because my father was a diesel mechanic. He was blue collar. He, he could fix about anything, but he made his living with his hands. And when God chose Joseph, it, it, it was so rewarding for me to be able to hear that the father of Jesus, the earthly father that would raise him, love him, provide for him, earned his living with his hands as well. He wasn't a wealthy man. Jesus didn't grow up in a home that had all the elaborate things. As a matter of fact, it was difficult for Joseph and Mary to make ends meet. How do we know that? Well, if you turn over in your Bibles to the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 2, verse 22, we're told that when they came to the temple to present Jesus as the firstborn and for Mary's purification, they made an offering of two turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now, if you'll turn back in your Bibles to Leviticus chapter 12, verse 8, you'll find that the normal offering would have been for a sheep. But if someone was poor... Provisions were allowed for them to offer turtle doves or young pigeons. Leviticus 12, verse 8. If she cannot afford a sheep, she will take two turtle doves or two pigeons, one for a burnt offering, the other for a sin offering, and the priest shall make atonement on her behalf, and she will be clean. So Luke tells us without making it a huge scene that Joseph and Mary, they lived a challenging, difficult life, and the offering that she made was the offering of the poor. 
Joseph was working to get everything ready. He was now engaged to the love of his life. He was engaged to Mary, and, and he was betrothed, as the Scripture said, to her. That was the way engagements were referred to. It was comparable to a marriage. As a matter of fact, it was legally binding. And if the groom had died during the engagement or during the betrothal, the bride would have been considered to have been a widow. So Joseph, marriage is coming, trying to establish the home, get everything ready. And, and then one day he walks in the door. I'm a visual person, as I've shared with you before. I see things in my mind as I read the scripture. And I've tried to imagine this scene many times that Joseph comes in one day and Mary says to him, we need to talk. It's never easy when someone says to you, we need to talk. Now, to hear about the revelation to Mary, we go over to Luke. Matthew tells us the story from Joseph's perspective. So imagine now Joseph is coming home and he sees his bride-to-be, the one that he's engaged to, betrothed to. We need to talk, okay, and you can imagine Mary struggling to find the words. How do you tell your fiancé that you are now with child when the two of you have never been together? Um, Joseph, I'm going to have a baby. Now put yourself in Joseph's shoes just for a moment. What would that feel like? The hurt, the anger the disappointment, maybe a sense of betrayal. And then you hear these words, but, but Joseph, it's a child of God. You see, an angel appeared to me and the Holy Spirit came upon me and, and, and it was just too much for Joseph to be able to hear and Joseph to be able to grasp. And we're told in the scripture that he really did not believe the story initially because he was prepared to divorce her quietly. But then the angel of the Lord appears to Joseph as well and says, don't be afraid. Joseph, don't be afraid because the child conceived in her really is from the Holy Spirit. And the angel shares with Joseph this amazing thing that God is doing and then says, and you will name him Jesus. The word Joshua or Yeshua, which means Yahweh saves. God saves. Joseph teaches us a lot of things. Some of the things that Joseph teaches us, the reason God chose Joseph was because he was a righteous man. He teaches us what righteousness looks like. If you look again at Matthew 1, verse 19, Matthew says, Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. I mean, that Greek word, dikaios, actually is the word for righteousness, but it means he was a just man. He was a holy man. He was a man of God. 
And so that filtered, how am I going to handle this difficult issue in my life because he was righteous, because he was just, because he was holy, even though he was struggling to believe the story, he was going to deal with it with grace. With grace. And with dignity. I mean, he teaches us that as holy people that have been made holy by the grace of God, the challenge for us in our world and our lives today is when we hear that unexpected news, that curveball hits us in our lives, does the fact that we're righteous by God's grace, that we've been made holy by God's grace, or that we are just by God's grace, temper and filter how we are going to respond? guide our response. You see, in biblical times, if you go back and look at Deuteronomy, for example, chapter 22, around verse 23 and 24, the scripture makes it pretty clear that if someone who is engaged commits adultery, the two people are to be taken out to the city gates and stoned to death. And it doesn't say if the offended groom so chooses, the two people will be taken out. It's beyond his choice. It's beyond his ability. And what we see is that even though Joseph felt a sense of betrayal, he didn't understand at the moment before the angel spoke to him, he was still righteous. He was a good man. In other words, his love for Mary was still stronger than his hate for what he believed she may have done. Did you catch that? His love for Mary was greater than his hate for what he believed that she may have done. He doesn't seek revenge. And the last thing he wants is her to be destroyed, to be stoned to death. So he tries to figure out a way where he could handle this quietly so she would still be protected. It was then that the angel of the Lord appeared to him and says, hold on, Joseph, hold on. And the angel calls him son of David. See, the scripture told us that the coming of the Messiah would be of the house and the lineage of David. David, he was a man after God's own heart. You read that in 1 Samuel 13, 14, as well as Acts 13, verse 22, Luke retells the story that David was a man after God's own heart. And here is a descendant of David, Joseph, who also seems to be a man after God's own heart. Because in spite of the fact that he didn't understand, he remained righteous. He remained just. He was a good man. And the angel then says, don't be afraid, Joseph. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because she told you the truth. The child conceived in her really is from the Holy Spirit. It's true. And one of the things that I love about Joseph that we see in the scripture is that Joseph then chooses faith over fear. Do not be afraid, 
She's telling you the truth. And even though he doesn't fully understand it, he still believes. And he's still willing to take Mary then as his wife. You see, faith starts where our facts stop. He didn't have all the facts. But he loved and believed in Mary, even though he struggled understanding how can this be. And when the angel confirms it is as Mary said, the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, so don't be afraid. Joseph then actually chooses faith over fear to take Mary as his wife. I think sometimes people ask, do you still see miraculous things happening in our world today? And and I believe that God is still at work in our world today, but we often choose fear over faith. Joseph taught us that even though we may not understand, even though we may not see everything, even though what we're hearing may be beyond anything we've ever imagined and as sure is not the dream that we had in our lives just a few hours ago before we came home, he still chose faith over fear. I think Joseph teaches us to to pause for a moment and allow God to speak to us when we experience that crisis in our lives, that time when we're confused and we don't understand, and, and listen to God and then choose faith over fear. I think then the other reason God chooses Joseph is Joseph was willing to be obedient. Verse 24, when Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took Mary as his wife. Wow. He doesn't fully understand it, chooses faith and obedience. He's willing to act without a full understanding, but the challenge is he had faith in God. And he still had faith in Mary. And he chose to respond with faith. I'll opt for faith instead of reacting in fear. Joseph was obedient. Did you notice in the scripture, again, Joseph is not here for a long part of the story. But in just the first couple of chapters, we hear God will speak to Joseph three times and command him to do something that he may not fully understand and three times Joseph will be obedient. For example, in the scripture that we just read in verse 24, that when he awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. After Jesus is born, in chapter 2, verse 13, you hear these words. Now after they had left, An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. It's indefinite. Go to Egypt, stay there until I tell you otherwise. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. I mean, imagine all the dreams, 
building the house, we'll have this kind of life. Actually, I'm with child. The child comes, you think it's time to return home, back to the family business, back to the work, back to the dream, back to the vision that I've always had. No, need you to go to Egypt. And what does he do? He obeys God again. I think God chose Joseph because he knew he'll obey. He'll listen to me. And then if you keep reading to Matthew chapter 2, verse 19, when Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph, now in Egypt, and said, get up, take the child and his mother and go back to the land of Israel for those who are seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. See, I think God knew when he thought, who's going to be the guardian of my child and who am I going to put in this nativity? It needs to be someone who will hear me trust in me, respond in faith, and obey. Joseph is quite the guy. He's quite the spiritual leader. As we looked last week with Mary, he's together according to Luke chapter 2 when they go to the temple to dedicate Jesus. He's there when he's presented in the temple and circumcised. He's there at when Jesus is age 12 and they went to the temple as was their custom every year they went to the Passover as we're told in the scripture and Joseph was a vital part of Jesus' life. Now Joseph it appears dies before Jesus begins his earthly ministry. We don't hear anything about Joseph after the story of Jesus in the temple at age 12. So sometime between 12 and 30 Joseph dies. And we know that one of the reasons then Jesus may have waited so long to begin his ministry at age 30 when a young man became a man around 12 was because as the oldest son, Jesus then assumed responsibility for his brothers and his sisters, for his mom. Those values that he knew from the faith, values he had been taught by his father. He even passed on the trade, it's amazing to believe, But our Savior and Lord became a carpenter himself. Joseph was a carpenter, built with his hands. Jesus was a carpenter who provided for his family until they were old enough for Jesus to begin his ministry. In Mark chapter 6, verse 3, you hear the question asked, Is this not the carpenter? Jesus the carpenter. Joseph had passed on the trade. You can imagine the amount of time that Joseph and Jesus would have had together. The Nativity. It's an amazing story, but it's more than a story. It's our story. It's our faith. And the challenge is for us to always have a live Nativity where these figurines become prominent figures in our lives. And these figurines can become mentors to us and guides to us on what does it mean to be the people of God. For God chose these characters that he put around the nativity. And God called and chose Joseph. Joseph protected Jesus. He was a righteous man who listened to what God was saying to him, 
chose faith over fear, was obedient to God, followed God, provided for his family, and taught his kids how to provide as well. Is this not the carpenter? I invite you, as you look at the nativities in your home, and if you have children, grandchildren, have some conversation about the people that God chose. As we said last week, Mary can teach us so much. And Joseph, even though we only hear about him until Jesus is age 12, he makes all the difference in the world for the Christ child and also for us and can teach us what it means to be faithful and obedient even when we may not understand what is happening in our lives. Will you pray with me? God, we're so grateful for Joseph. And God, we understand why you would pick him to be the mentor, the teacher, the guardian of your son. And he was willing to do whatever you asked him to do, even though he didn't fully understand it. Whether it was take Mary as your wife, because even though the story may be greater than you can believe, it's true. I need you now to take Jesus to Egypt to hold on to the salvation story and to protect the Christ child who will change the world. Now I need you to take him back to Israel so that he can fulfill the calling for which he came into the world. Joseph was obedient because he was righteous and had faith in you. Help us to be obedient. Help us to be made holy and righteous by your grace. And God, may we follow you always. In the precious name of Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen.